Hey friends, welcome to the Comic Syllabus Podcast, where we read widely and dig deep in the world of graphic novels and comics. Today, a conversation with friend of the podcast, Johnny Hall, where we take on Kevin Heisinger's The River at Night from John and Quarterly, and before that, a discussion of Cartoon Crossroads Columbus, um, or CXC Columbus, the show that Johnny and I both had the good fortune to attend this year, and in fact, to meet each other in person. Um, Johnny is um, maybe one of the um, one of the the best outcomes of having done this podcast. Uh, I met Johnny online um, because he started to listen to and respond to the Comic Syllabus podcast, and you know we interacted um, not only you know enthusiastically about the comics that we talk about um, and that we're both interested in reading, but um, but beyond that, the ways that um, this podcast inevitably, because I'm such a sentimentalist and so on, uh, touches on life. Uh, in, through, and beyond um, being comic book readers. And so we um, connected um, and had spoken, and he's been a guest on, this, on the show, uh, but we had never met in person. Um, and I'm not accustomed to friendships made on the internet, so um, it was definitely um, the kind of thing that, you know, I, I knew that he would be um, as wonderful as he was um, and uh, from, from, you know, all the interaction that we had. And so we... Uh, met up at um, CXC Columbus, Cartoon Crossroads Columbus, a great, great show. Um, I went to visit family there and, you know, told Johnny, hey, I'm coming to town. And we met at the show, walked the show floor together. Um, Johnny was amazingly warm, as were so many people at CXC Columbus that I had such a good time meeting. So we talk about that uh, first, and then we dig deep into a book that both of us picked up our copies of at the show, which is Kevin Heisinger's um, The River at Night. Now, if you don't know Heisinger's work, he is um, that class of cartoonist that, um, well, he teaches. He teaches um, comics, and, 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 you know, it makes sense because he he just has um, such facility with the the form um and in uh in the last you know 15 years or so he's been um doing a series with his character glenn ganges called ganges <laughs> six issues of which fanographics had put out and now collected as the river at night and so uh we both picked up the river at night and wanted to dig deep into it and so you'll see some of the um conversation and the images we talk about in the show notes um, thanks for joining us, you know, a podcast part of the Multiversity Network of Podcasts where you'll always find great stuff. And uh, after this break, Johnny and I get into CXC Columbus and then after that into the river at night. All right, let's go. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at multiversitycomics.com. Each week we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commandy. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinborough, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe. Subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. Happy to have back to the Comic Syllabus podcast, Johnny <laughs> Hall. How are you, Johnny? I'm good, Paul. How are you? I'm good. I'm real good. I'm really good because it's it's tea in the morning with, with mm. Johnny talking comics. So <laughs> how much better could it be? 
It's um, certainly early in the morning for you. <laughs> um, 6 a.m. is is not bad. I've been trying to wake up to take a walk or a little jog and get some coffee at 6 a.m. Um, and, you know, typical for a life of a teacher, but it is a yeah. Sunday, so. <laughs> yeah, probably not a lot of podcasting going on. In the- no. <laughs> <laughs> Only for special things like this. Yeah. Um, Johnny, we have, uh, we had the... I had the good good fortune of being able to see you in person and hang out. Um, as I mentioned in the intro that I will record later, <laughs> that, <laughs> that uh, I got to catch um, Cartoon Crossroads in Columbus, and it was a show that I'd been wanting to visit to to see because you know I get a chance to double that up with a visit to my brother out there, and um and and then to see you to meet you in person because we've um, actually honestly one of the top three things that has made comic syllabus um worthwhile and fun for me is is our friendship that's that's developed because we because you reached out at some point and we started talking about comics together and so um i uh i was so happy that we got to hang out i thought that um the broader listening audience might um enjoy hearing from you again but also um hearing us, us just chatting about cxc thought we could do that and uh yeah absolutely yeah i had a great time uh this is my this year was my third time at CXC. I think this was their fifth year, Mm -hmm. but yeah, any, any time I get to experience it with friends and certainly, you know, we've never met in person before. So it was just just a great opportunity to, to share, you know, the love of comics with, with a friend. So for sure, for sure. sure. It was very special. Um, So maybe we, for folks, we can actually give some, some background about CXC just in case they, they don't really know. Um, what you know about the show? Can you kind of give us a little bit about its, maybe like what you know about its origins or why it's there? <laughs> I I believe it started. There was a, a, a Lucy Shelton Caldwell, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. She ran another um, cartooning uh, convention mm-hmm. in Columbus. Okay, and they I think they decided to go bigger. Mm-hmm. Talking with uh, certain individuals, um, two in particular, Jeff Smith and his wife. Yeah, uh, I can't v- remember Vijaya. Uh, Vijaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they decided to just kind of go bigger with it and make it a yeah. week long uh, event. Yeah, encompassing not just comics but cartooning in general. Yeah. Uh, I think they do a lot of um, uh, editorial cartoons. Yep. Yep. is a uh, big for the convention as well as uh, uh, even animation. Yeah. And uh, certainly just the art of cartooning in general is yeah. a primary focus, art and artists. Yeah. Um, and I think that separates it from a lot of different different shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, How much of that had to do with the Billy Ireland um, cartoon art? Oh, I'm, I'm sure with, with Ohio State having mm-hmm. the Billy Ireland Museum mm-hmm. and CCAD, which is the Columbus center for art and design, I believe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, they're big parts of, you know, sponsoring, uh, events and mm-hmm. guests and workshops, mm-hmm. uh, to make it a fuller, uh, experience for, yeah. um, students and attendees alike. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, free <laughs> can't be free. <laughs> That's right. Um, but there is, it's, uh, you know, a lot of what we saw was at the, the Columbus Metropolitan Library. Um, but yeah. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. We went to the market 
place day um which hosted SoulCon, which is the black and brown um uh convention uh, in tandem with with cxc yeah um but yeah it uh it's a totally different environment when you're mm-hmm. held in a library and not a convention center. Right. I believe uh, it really um, it just adds to the, uh, in, you know, the experience and the environment. Yeah. Being family friendly. Yes. It feels accessible. It feels community, like a community Very. event and, uh, and not just for us weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was helped that it was kind of this year um, sort of kicked, Nah, not really kicked off. I think this was Friday and things had started Thursday with Silicon and, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But um, it, Friday night was a Dave Pilkey event, which, you know, is a great draw for, for kids and families. And so, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, he, was, he wasn't around on the Saturday. We were walking sort of the con floor or the library floor. But right. uh, Dogman certainly was uh, around for pictures always, or photobombing. Dogman. <laughs> so... So my nephews had actually um, been pretty excited about it and had gotten tickets to the yeah. Dave Pilkey. So we were just and they going. they really do excel at at those uh, that guests that that appeal to a, a wide yeah. you know swath of of comic fans. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like you know, anywhere from Tom Tomorrow uh, yeah. to you know Butch uh, Anderson to yes. um, to uh, Dave Pilkey, and it yeah. just uh, you know they've had Brian Bendis and Matt Fraction and. Mm. Raina Telgemeier in years past. So right, right. Uh, they're not, it's not uh, just small press, which is, yes, which is interesting. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It was really cool. And and I, I don't think I um got to engage with it as much as I would have wanted to had I more time, but the um, American editorial cartoonist association had some stuff there. A lot of graphic medicine folks that, um, that I, you know, really appreciate. And I didn't get the time to really kind of go and visit them. Um, yeah. Were there, um, the Nib was there and that was kind of a huge draw, Matt Borges and, and Luchansky and folks like that um, as kind of like new generation editorial cartooning, you know, um, yeah. on top of all of the just sort of like, yeah, small press comics and alternative comic scene. From yeah, there. yeah, from from Mike Mignola to Carter Monier. I mean, it's yeah. just, uh, you know, it's just a huge uh, availability yes. um, to to fans, new and old. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So this part of it, though, I'm a little hesitant to talk about because I feel like we're blowing up our spot because it's such a incredible showing, and then they're so accessible because you know it's you know it doesn't have. I mean, we're talking right now, and New York Comic Con is going and like you know, tens of thousands of people descending on the city. And you and I just got to sit in a room with like 20 other people with Jaime Hernandez. That was freaking crazy, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I went to New York Comic Con in 2015 or 16. Okay. Hmm. And uh, it's just a totally different experience. You know, there's, it's wall to wall people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, uh, it's, it's more uh, entertainment focused. Yeah. And, uh, with with CXC, you know you're you're front and center with the creators, yeah. uh, learning about the art. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's very little like who would win in a battle between <laughs> Superman. Right. Not that that isn't can't be an interesting conversation. Sure. sure, but you know that's not why many people are there, and it's great to sure. see. It's yeah. it's um, it's such a wonderful uh, 
environment for people who appreciate the art of cartooning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this year we, um, we got to see a few, um, a few really cool, uh, what do you call them? Panels and, and chats. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and, and talk to a few people. So maybe, um, you know, you, you shouted out a few folks that were there. Um, Hochi Anderson, um, well, again, another like, wow, like that, you know, I've used King in my classroom and stuff like that. Didn't get to really, um, see that talk or, or, or interact with, with him. But, um, some of the, the creators that you did get to sort of encounter, um, talk to and see. Well, we certainly, uh, we had the Jaime Hernandez panel and both yeah. you and I, uh, individually spent some time at, at his table, yeah. you know, uh, just talk a one-on-one -on -one chat with, yeah. you know, the guy who is arguably, you know, one of the greatest cartoonists, yes. oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the form has ever seen, yeah. and have that kind of accessibility, not just on a fan level, but on a you know a, an appreciator of of um, art in general. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, you know, it was just it's it's really special to be able to to do that. Totally, yeah. And, and the, the creators all seem jazzed to be there. Oh yeah, you know the um, without. I, I can't think of anybody who isn't um, just uh, excited about yeah. meeting with uh, the people there yeah. because it, it just brings a different crowd. Mm -hmm. um, not that, you know, New York comic con is, is a bad crowd per se. It's just right. more of it. Wall to wall. <laughs> it's a crowd for sure. Yeah. I mean, they were so, I mean, and I kind of assume this is part of who they are, but all the creators we talked to and met were just so hugely gracious and very welcoming. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, think Jaime Hernandez with sort of his celebrity status could easily be um, off put. And, and I thought about how off put it like just how awkward and I, and I have a tendency to make things really weird. Like, I don't even know you, <laughs> but I just have this like huge amount of intimacy, you know, like right. because I've been studying your work forever. So I'm just going to gush at you about like how important you are to me. and You don't know me from Adam, you know, like it's just a, an awkward encounter. I, ima I imagine from that side of the table. And yet he was just incredibly gracious and very, very generous, you know, um, you know, with yeah, his, absolutely. His, his responses and comments and stuff. Yeah. And, um, the same goes for even, you know, newer creators who are mm -hmm. eager to put their work out there. Right. Uh, I think we had a great chat with, um, Ezra Clayton Daniels yeah, about his, uh, his works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not only, uh, bottom feeders, his newest, but even right. his uh, older stuff, and yeah, yeah, great upgrade mini, soul. Mm -hmm. upgrade soul, yeah, uh, and then a great mini comic that he was fortunate enough to sell out of, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the day of. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, we also saw a panel with Frank Santoro and yeah. the guy that we're going to be talking about here in a little bit, uh, Kevin yeah. Heisinger, yeah, which yeah. Was really enlightening about both of their uh, processes. Um, yeah, yeah. It's always interesting to get two artists i don't know that you would i mean they're uh mm -hmm. i don't know that you would consider right. them similar at all sure 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 so yeah. they're just bouncing off process ideas between each other in a panel it was yeah. really it was really fun yeah 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 i mean i you know the um i guess the premise was that you know they were both sort of formalist thinkers about comics yeah but i think you could apply that to <laughs> you know a ton of people you know um sure I there's there is something and I, I do want to ask you about this later on maybe somewhat resonant their work is very very different you know um I picked, mm -hmm. up, a, picked up a copy of, of um, Pittsburgh on not only like um having heard about the work and 
you know, we're here at Multiversity, the network of podcasts, mm-hmm. and and Mike, um, Romeo, and Greg Matasevich at Robots from Tomorrow had talked about um, Frank Santoro and and um, being at SPX and all that stuff. So like, hey, got me really excited to to meet him at um, yeah, absolutely at CXE. Um, but their work is very dissimilar, like, as you were saying. But I think they do have this, um, I obviously a prior relationship, and and also this. Um, they, they're both sort of pretty philosophical in a way about comics and about um, what you're doing in them. And so it was a sure. really, it was a really uh, in, intriguing chat. I, I like partway through, I just thought, I got to take notes. I started taking notes <laughs> in the middle. Of, I don't know if that's cotton protocol or whatever, but. Well, yeah, I, I, I looked at, I looked at you taking notes and I was like, should I be taking notes? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a lecture? Will I get quizzed? Right, right. Oh, is there a quiz at the end? Oh, no, no. It was just. Uh, I, I wound up going back to, you know, some of the things they were saying as I was reading um, Ganges. Um, yeah, it was the, they were they were also fantastic in person when we went and, and, and talked to the two of them. They were tabling next to each other. Um, yep. Santoro and Heisinga, um, just, again, super, super generous. And, and, um, and uh, you know, I think Santoro is kind of in a moment where this book now and New York Review of Comics putting it out. And he was talking a little bit about... Um, you know, just trying to figure out how, and this, it's just interesting, like the, the ways that small press comics don't have to be small. There's like this weird place that they're, that they're living in where um, maybe 20 years ago, you just sort of expect very few to break through, but there's actually, you know, a real possibility with a lot of graphic novels yeah. now. And so it's just a matter of like, but it's still a very, I feel like, um, uh, you know, uh, liquid market. I don't know. Like it's not cemented. Uh, these the kind of yeah. Certainly, the way the way Frank Santoro went about it. There's no there's no model for that. Sure. You know, like mm-hmm. as he mm-hmm. said, you know, with, with his publisher uh, or American publisher, yeah. he's the yeah. living artist. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> among them. So right, right, right. So he's and, being published by a person that or a, a group that mm-hmm. doesn't normally even publish uh, his type of work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or know how to say like manage his uh, his right. publicity tour and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, um, and then uh, yeah, we got to talk to or see a few other folks. Is was there anyone that just kind of jumps to mind to you? Well, uh, I was happy to be introduced to um, Heather Alterici's or Natasha Alterici's book. Yeah, uh, Heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Have you got a chance to check that out? Yeah, absolutely. And she's got some great mini comics as well that I was happy mm-hmm. to dig into. One about. Uh, um, macarons yeah. is that <laughs> yes whatever they're called they they're certainly yeah. i can every time my daughter sees one she's like we need to get these dad <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah it's funny it's a <laughs> that's pretty different content content if you know heathen from vault uh oh yeah macarons. Absolutely. Just <laughs> pretty, absolutely. I, don't, I don't know how the two live together but um she's she's fantastic her heart is just yeah. um incredibly eye-catching and it's gorgeous art and that story is just like this awesome viking you know mm-hmm. mythology kind of uh, you know super strong woman power kind of thing. well i believe the power pitch on her table was just you know lesbian vikings yeah. <laughs> boom and she, yeah yeah and she said she got the she got the nod of approval from mike mignola as he passed by her table oh so. cool that is so cool. yeah so that was i think that was a cool moment for her and you yeah. know Hopefully she sold uh, lots of books that day. Seemed yeah. like she was, though. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's definitely a, a book that deserves some 
some recognition. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's cool. She's got a um, ton of, you know, sky's the limit, I think. That's yeah, cool. absolutely. Work. Um, that reminds me though, the, the sort of Mignola nod that you were talking about that part of the, the, I don't want to say smallness, but the kind of like immediacy of the, of, of the show means that I wonder if there were people kind of interacting with each other that um, you may not have seen much as, as much in, in, in a place where people are more isolated, the tables are more separated. Um, by, yeah, I by sure hope so. By types, you know? Yeah, I sure hope so. Um, you know, again, that, that the events go, you know, all through the weekend and they mm -hmm. have like after events and mm -hmm. certain other things going on throughout the city. So hopefully that gives a chance to, you know, not only for you know, fans to interact with creators, but yeah. creators that wouldn't normally interact with each other to yeah. kind of powwow. Yeah. 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 I had a good time. Actually, I don't, I don't know if I told you I had a, I had a little bit of day two. I know that you had to run back to Indiana, but I um, slipped in on Sunday for just like a very all too short amount of time, you know, between the family, this and the family that, but um, yeah. I got to chat briefly with Nate Powell and see a little bit of his upcoming stuff. And oh, great. yeah, as, as anybody who's heard an interview with him or, or imagines him from his social media presence, again, just like nice as heck. Like <laughs> I could spend, I would, I would want to go get drinks with Nate Powell. He was just so kind. Um, and just so like, a, really just attuned to, to whoever he was talking to, um, excited to talk about his work and all of that. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I chatted with him a little bit. Did uh, you? Yeah the day before you got there okay. and it's always great talking to him. Uh, yeah. He's such a, as you said, he's, he's so kind yeah. Uh, yeah. and present and uh, you know, he just, we, we, we don't live too far away. I mm, believe mm -hmm. he's a little bit further South in Indiana than yeah, me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a, we had a little bit uh, in common to talk about local politics and yeah. on. So yeah, yeah. He's, he's got a great energy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that makes me think that there, well, there was something and, and probably experiencing this as a, you know, West coaster. Like I, th there was something also that felt very um, of the, of the locality about the show. I mean, do you, do you detect that or is, are you so embedded that it just. Um... Uh, no, I, I do think it feels, um, I mean, it definitely, yeah it definitely has an SPX vibe. So any, yeah. I don't know how many small press conventions you've been to, mm -hmm. but I've only been to SPX and, and CXC. CXC yeah. So yes and no, it did have a little bit of, uh, uh, the Midwestern charm, mm -hmm. I, I would mm -hmm. say, mm -hmm. but, uh, but I think that's also maybe some of that is just the small press charm too. You know? <laughs> that's it's right. That's true. A small, you know, small <laughs> community. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah sharing you know uh, a love for comics so yeah 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 i mean this is <laughs> i'm gonna embarrass myself here this is totally the the californian like an anthropologist <laughs> observing but I, I i think part of it was the feeling for me that you had a bunch of people who like so let's see if i can just paint a few you know port pictures glimpses that that kind sure. of come together in my mind and maybe they don't need to but so the, the tables that were kid-friendly had these balloons, you know, so that my, yeah. my daughter and, and nephews could sort of just go to the tables that, that they, they should be at. And meanwhile, right next to it is work that you and, you and I love, but like, you know, 
Right. Like Not kid friendly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Didn't have a balloon. Um, next to the, you know, the editorial cartoonist with a strong political stance next to the, the various like um, shops and, and, and it's, it was just all kinds of stuff. And then as you walk by, because it's smallish, you could just see the conversations that were happening in different rooms that felt like we are living in a city together. And, you know, coming from a ultra blue state, blue, blue, blue state, you know, <laughs> like that, you know, the ways that we can, um, that a convention say can feel like a shattering together of like-minded people versus we have to live in this town together, you know, or we have to live yeah. in this community together. Um, not that, you know, the CXC population is necessarily like, uh, you know, a uh, 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 spectrum politically or something like that. Just right, more in the right. sense that like, you know, not everything has to be micro targeted and tailored. Um, there's a, there's a feeling to me that, um, you know, it, 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 there's just, I think ways that our cities out here kind of divide up and cut up who's supposed to be in a space together that I felt, I just felt really different to, to me in being in the Midwest and being at CSU. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, taking part in the Columbus Metropolitan Library lends mm. to that because yeah, anybody yeah. can go up. You know, um, right, you don't right, right. have to have any, you know, you don't have to have any cash to walk in. Right. You don't have to have, I don't even, I doubt you, you don't even have to have a library card, you know? Right. right. So um, it's all ages, all political, you know, leanings, yep. uh, welcome. And, uh, you know, I think um, while, you know, the leanings are certainly left, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there at the show. I don't think that, uh, you know, they weren't turning anybody away at the door. Sure. You know, sure, so. sure. They were not uh, checking your party affiliation card right. at the door. Yeah. And, and just, just like wonderfully diverse again, like, you know, I talked a little bit with, um, Melanie Gilman, um, who's really fantastic. I just love, um, their, their style, you know, Mm-hmm. And the kind of uh, that that book, as the crow flies, came out a couple of years ago. It's fantastic. And then Carter Munier, as you mentioned <clears throat> earlier, won like an uh, emerging. I don't know, I forgot what they call it, but like the sort of emerging emerging award. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they even trotted out the giant check, <laughs> the giant Jeff Smith, Jeff Smith bone. Check, but you know, but even yeah, even that was done without much fanfare. No, it was it just wasn't like like a special. You know, it was just like. Hey, everybody quiet down, you know, (laughs) and the the four or 500 people in the room four, you know, four to 500 people in the room just kind of, you know, turned, you know, what they were doing and, and Jeff Smith and, and his wife, uh, and, and, uh, Tom Spurgeon, comics reporter, uh, just presented this check and made us, I, again, it just felt like a really special moment. And, um, the past winners were there. Yeah. uh, Katie Skelly and Kevin Zapp. Yeah, yeah, and then the other, but yeah, it was just just a great moment. That was very cool. Yeah, you know, it was just I was just walking. You know, we were just walking uh, along the floor, and it was like, hey, everybody, you know, and Tom yeah, yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> getting everybody's attention, and I just found myself. Oh, I'm standing next to Jaime Hernandez, watching, you know, <laughs> watching somebody get this this award. It was fun. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I oh, and I, I wanted to. Um, also, the the Billy Ireland, we did get to catch that the next morning. 
oh great kids out yeah. there and um you know didn't get to dig into the archives but just sort of what's presented what's out there um and again like you were saying at the top the 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 idea of it being like a sort of pan cartooning um mm-hmm. you know kind of um a show and and appreciation and so just being able to see like there's that i think it's the probably the permanent gallery um you know they had a gallery yeah. that was a graphic medicine specific one and one about political cartooning and stuff but there was a um just the the hall of <laughs> sort of like the hall of fame because you have your hal foster page the giant oh. you know and the your um windsor mckay and then just gorgeous it's just amazing yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know right in the front they have chester gould's table and my you know my brother who's not a, a comics fan at all was just like immediately like yeah that was you as a kid like nerding out about <laughs> chester gould come stand next to this and take a picture um and but but it's beside like a todd mcfarland you know there's yeah. Like a, yeah there's a spider-man page that i remember seeing when I, was, I, mean, I remember reading that page when i was a kid um and you're you know calvin and Hobbes um, area and stuff like that it was it was pretty great it was pretty wonderful and it's so um breathtaking i think seeing these pages um for the first time yeah in their original form yeah. you know how big uh how foster worked yeah 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 just these just insane page sizes and the ink smudges and the white out and <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's such a um it's a mecca of sorts you know yeah. for comic fans yeah yeah yeah, there was something uh, almost religious about the <laughs> walking yeah. through that yeah. for me. <laughs> Meanwhile, my my daughter and nephews are just jumping all over the place, <laughs> <laughs> being goofy. But it was it was fantastic. Oh man, um, yeah, and and uh, you know, I, let me just kind of um, pivot this conversation to you know, for you speaking of a mecca, like, is there a way that in the last whatever number of years comics reading has evolved for you or played a role in your own life and thinking about the world that, you know, there's some reflection of in, in, in CXE or, or being at the show. Mm. Wow. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, we <laughs> me just drop that question I, on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without warning. <laughs> it is, it is early in the morning on a Sunday. Paul. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think my, my tastes are always evolving. Um, I think, um, I think of anything attending SPX and CXC within the past few years Mm. has taught me or told me that, um, not all comics can be found in, in comic shops, unfortunately, you know, you, um, if you really want to be a student, of the art that you love you really have to pursue it you have to you have to seek um these things out Mm. um yeah and i think uh as i get older you know i don't necessarily want what's available just in the shops even though i do love my lcs yeah 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 Um, yeah yeah, yeah. these conventions allow me not only uh access to the creators but what they're creating you know what they've they can't get into the stores just yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, I think, I think just, um, being more, uh, assertive with my tastes mm, and mm. aggressive, 
and seeking them out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I, I wondered about that because um, I was, like we were um, attending this show and it was almost a little bit of a, like ducking away from the street and, and, and into this library and attending the show and escaping to another world in this momentous, you know, time in our history which is um, Huxpox. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which, which is like... Oh, I can you know, talk about that. If you we, we can get into that. Um, no, no, I mean, um, you know, the rumblings of, of impeachment that are um, in the air, right? Yeah. And um, which remind us of just how um, dramatic, like our sense of the civic um, and our sense of, you know, our community to, to the extent to which it is our community and Johnny you, you know our our friendship developed at a time when you know we I was sitting with the fallout of both like of of my worst suspicions and and my worst feelings about um about America you know um sure becoming manifest in so many ways and it was interesting to to be in that conversation with Jaime Hernandez he was talking you know with a group about somebody asked, I think, a good question about the extent to which he lets kind of his thoughts about the world and reactions to the world infiltrate the work. And, and he, he talked about the characters sort of, you know, guiding him and, and, and really that he, he doesn't, he doesn't sit there and watch the news and go, okay, how do I put this into my, my work today? Right. But no doubt it finds its way in it filters its way in. And yet he's also doing something that um, transcends it. And so there's a way where we were in a con convention with, you know, you're the nib folks who are just like on a daily basis, like grinding with the political discourse. And also with a ton of cartoonists like Heisinga and like Hernandez, mm. I think, who are, um, who are, who help me to take a step back and sort of to be more contemplative about the bigger picture um, where you, you're certainly letting, letting the world and its impact on you filter in, but you're also getting in touch with an existence that is, not just like my moment's political reaction, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, and I think all of that combined with having the kids around and seeing a good friend like Johnny, it just made <laughs> it feel like more than a, like not a convention that was just like, oh, let me, let, let me sort of like throw myself full into the comics consumerist mindset. But when right. I was like, let me reconnect with, I don't know, the world. <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, uh, I definitely... I, I get that feeling. I've I've had that feeling a, a, a couple times, you know, with small press shows. Yeah. Um, it just reminds me how much I love the community. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You said it better than I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I felt it a lot um, hanging out with you. So um, I appreciate that. Um, thanks for doing a little CXC wrap with me. Sure. Uh, we're going to take a break, um, which for us won't really be a break. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll uh, launch into um, Kevin Heisinger's The River at Night. So stick around. All right. Um, Johnny, let's talk about The River at Night by Kevin Heisinger. You know, he, he seems to call it River at Night, even in that little um, 
uh, he, he gave us a little Riverside companion, <laughs> this mini comic mm-hmm. with just really yeah. no, notes on notes on the book, but he abbreviates it. Um, R at N, <laughs> but actually, right, right. title proper on the, on the cover says Glenn Ganges in the river at night. And I feel like that's really necessary. You know, Ganges as a name, uh, the name of the, the, the comics that, uh, Fanographics put out that um, he's d- done through all these years, gathered here is Ganges. So I think that the character sort of has um, become elevated in a certain way. As, sure, you know Heisinger equals Ganges equals Heisinger. Um, right. But um, but the river at night collects this stuff, and um, it's, it, I, the the cover is so great because it's this. Um, I'm holding this up to you for to to see. Even yeah. though we're, we're on a podcast, oh, no one else can. Yeah, <laughs> but like the but um, Ganges sleeping and and can't no not sleeping actually can't yeah, sleep. Yeah, no, not and then this, at all. this little band of ten million years ago. I mean, this is right. just such a nice summation of um, what's going on with Ganges. But um, yeah, I, I guess you know we can start out with a little bit of a. Um, for folks who, you know, we're going to dig deep. This is not even a thing that you can talk about as spoilers. It's not, it doesn't right. have that kind of narrative flow to to spoil, but we're going to kind of unpack this. So maybe we can do like a, um, uh, how do we describe this for folks who have don't know the work and then the rest of it's going to be so esoteric, they'll probably need to jump off the podcast and go get the book and talk about it. Sure, sure. I hope they do get the book. Um, yeah, yeah. So I guess the the big pitch would be, Glenn Ganges, the everyman of the story, yeah. uh, drank too much coffee <laughs> at night yes. and throughout a series of stories that comprise the collection, uh, he finds that he can't get to sleep yeah. and he and us uh, go on the journey that his mind takes right. the, through the river at night. You know, yeah. it's... Um, it's his stream of consciousness, consciousness, yeah, uh, kind of going wild. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you know, we um, there's p- plenty of Glenn being Glenn, and <laughs> and uh, we sure. can talk about what that means. There's also a lot of Wendy, his his wife, um, mm-hmm. and she both through his consciousness, but also I think she's such a strong figure. She inserts herself in her own ways, and yet I think primarily we're seeing Wendy through through Glenn, through mm-hmm. Glenn's eyes um, throughout. And we go, I mean, there's pieces of this that are pretty straightforward, comprehensible narrative that feels a lot like alternative comics, you know? And then there's pieces where we go on to these um, more like these um, very abstract, um, you know, contemplations, meditations on time and being and whatever. Um, and yeah. We're, we're grounded, anchored back in, in, in into Glenn and, uh, um yeah it's the stuff some, yeah. some, of, this, some of this is super weird <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah you mentioned uh heisinger as a formalist yeah and really the you know the ganges i think at its, at its best mm-hmm. is heisinger playing with how we read comics mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i don't think I, I certainly don't think that i've seen a better example of how we get into that and that is by where our mind goes at night mm. when we have when we are left alone with our thoughts mm. Um, mm. you know he uh 
he plays with that uh and it just affects the structure of his entire comic yeah 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 absolutely he does a thing and uh we see it throughout where he talks about um the way we try to encapsulate time as space and i think that's a running theme you know even the Mm -hmm. the opening story which he comes back to the title of time traveling is you know it's it's very um it's very much the metaphor of time as space right to be able to walk sure. through time in some sense so he's got all these places where he's got like a grid that's essentially like how we try to make time into blocks like when i'm staring at my google calendar and it's taking right. like 40 days and making each one uh, an equivalent square you know and and that notion of time turning into blocks is comics you know like that's essentially what, what yeah, comics yeah. is doing so so it, so there's there is a kind of meta thought and then wendy being a sort of like you know artist cartoonist um whatever she's cartoon. doing video game but all kinds of stuff um and 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 so there's a ton of meta contemplation of comics but but i think what i love about it is it's not sort of a nasal navel gazing you know just thinking about comics it really is ganges experiencing experience you know it's like a phenomenological like what is experience like and oh by the way like this is why we who inhabit comics like find it such a um an expressive medium for our experience yeah. of, of life yeah absolutely so, yeah uh i don't know that we did we mention uh it's drawn and quarter drawn and quarterly makes yeah. the book and it was originally like an ignat series um yeah. for fanographics and i think yeah. even the last couple were self-published Yes, I, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think I got them through Fanographics, so maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. Still distributed. Maybe just not part something. of the Ignat series or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that kind of went away. Yeah. He was basically the Ignat series by the last <laughs> couple of years. So. Right. Right. Well, because the last couple of this has been like a fifteen-year thing going for him, right? Absolutely. So. Yeah. Two thousand. Yeah. Two thousand six or seven. I think okay. is when it started around okay. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's been a while that this has been building up, and we've been, um, and and I've been picking up the individual Ganges issues. Um, what I my experience of this, and and tell me if it's it's similar for you, is like every time I read it, I need to remind myself why I like this. Like the, there's something I, and, and just in the sense that no, I I always really like it, but I'm always like, what is this again? You know, right? And and and. The, at the base of it is just like I really like Heisinger's cartooning. Just like Gan- the way Ganges looks is a throwback for me of at, you know like we were talking about like the, the stuff you see in a Bill- Billy Ireland. You know, it's it actually reminds me a lot of of um, geez, what's his name Fisher that you know like like um, Mutton Jeff like you know oh yeah like yeah. cartooning that that Bigfoot style that Aliyup style of cartooning. Um, and I think that seems really purposeful. You know, I, maybe it's just Heisinger's style, but it seems really um, no, I definitely think there's a purpose right? to it. I, th- I think that um, uh, to me, he always he looks like a Gen X Dagwood. Mm. You know, he's got the <laughs> you no 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 pupils. Right. He's got like the same kind of nose. Nose, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but I definitely think, um, uh, I don't. Maybe I mentioned this before, but there, there's not much Glenn to Glenn. Like huh. he he feels like a cipher. Like yes. you know, he feels right. like. Um, not only a way to get uh, hising his ideas across, but so it's easier, you know, he makes it easier for us to like inhabit this Ganges character yeah. as we're reading. And uh, yeah, his, his cartooning style is, is, 
it's it's clean, but yeah. clean isn't like clean is kind of overused, but right. it's not crisp yeah, in the yeah, way yeah, that yeah. like a crisp wear is. Yes, yes, you know, where that's right. It's really cold. I, I find I find Heisinger's art warmer. I guess yeah. is the yeah, yeah, way yeah. saying it. Really yeah. inviting. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, the evidence of of sort of the sketch sketch nature of yeah. it, which is more inviting, less like polished. But yeah. as you said, like a Chris Ware or a Seth or something might make you feel um, just in how ordered everything is. Ganges does feel a little bit more like, um, yeah. And, and, and those qualities that you were saying about the cartooning are why every time I pick it up, I, as you said, and, and as you were saying, like um, Ganges is a kind of cipher. I kind of always, I, I walk into every Ganges issue, not really sure what I'm, why this means so much to me and everyone is like boom that totally like hit me yeah. like that is you know whether it's staring at my wife sleeping at night or or wandering around the house i'm actually still in my pajamas but like in those pajamas <laughs> like in the dark like what am i doing where you know like every or or the whole um excursion into when he has a dot, dot com job and all the guy, all the all the folks are staying afterwards to play a video game with each other, you know, like right, right. that was that was like college for me, you know, like these <laughs> little bits of experience that all feel and, and and I think this is what they always did. They felt incidental. Like if you said, Paul, what does your life consist of? I would never name those things, and yet they have an outsized like role in my actual existence. That right. that or the sort of weird philosophical contemplations you have as you're walking down the sidewalk. And Ganges would always do that and, and do it to something new. And it would, I would walk away feeling, like you said, the power of that cipher, a sense that like I had just been, so, so like this camera had just run through my soul and, and put it <laughs> on a paper. And like, I, I was embarrassed almost, you know, at yeah. how much it revealed of me. I definitely think it's intentional on the part of Ising as well to take these inconsequential blocks of time Right. and make make them consequential make right, them right. you know blow you know blow them out right, and right, uh, right, right. show us that you know um just how powerful you know time moves through us right. and the mm. you know the the how subjective time is to the individual yeah 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 well i um maybe as a way to kind of unpack those we we can do our own kind of walk through the book and, sure, sure. and, and just what are some of those, um, those pieces that um, do strike us or, or do kind of speak to something that um, have that effect, have that effect for us. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anything, anything for you that um, jumps out as that really does kind of um, it'll depict, you know, something. Well, let's, I, I hate to start at issue one because I think that Heisinger would kind of <laughs> balk at us starting in order. Within. <laughs> so well, I'll skip ahead to, to issue two, which okay. I think that's the first issue that I picked up. Okay. It got a lot of buzz when it came out uh, back this in the like day. Oh, oh eight or oh nine or something around that? Yeah. And with okay. good reason. I think it's oh eight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it, it definitely represents not only like Heisinger at his most experimental mm. i think it there's a lot of heart in the 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 main story of the piece <laughs> that really resonated with me and you, you touched on it earlier the the uh, the dot-com job yeah yeah the pulverized and, story yeah yeah mm. um but the the first story where he kind of throws us into the mind of a of a video gamer 
Sure. I don't know if you've ever played video games for a a very long time, but what Heisinger does in this, in this story to admit that I, yes. Yeah. 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 I've never seen it done in this way uh, before or since, but he starts out with just, you know, normal panel structure. Yeah. And then um, within the panels, uh, the, he's playing like some sort of weird fighting game where the characters look like, like almost like Katamari yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah. But then they they start evolving and changing in the ways that certainly video game characters do not. Right. But then right, you, right, right. You, you get the sense that this isn't just, you know, one time that this game is being played, but this is like an overlapping of time. This is a yeah, yeah. this is a an immersion of the of the um, player into the game. Yeah. And and as as these characters start to evolve, like grow arms and heads and, mm-hmm. and just weird shapes. Um, I've seen it elsewhere, you know, uh, compared to like Jim Woodring yeah. type art. Yeah. yeah. Woodring or, or maybe like Michael DeForge sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, kind of absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the panel start, the panel structure kind of goes away and you get these mm-hmm. just beautiful full page spreads of, of, chaos <laughs> crazy <laughs> arm growing yeah <laughs> spinning yeah. creature and, things and, yeah and just this this complete um almost like zen meditative yeah. state yeah yeah uh in the game that again you know true you know get people who've sat down and played a video game like this for hours you'll get <laughs> into that state you'll get into that zone of just right. just blissful you know uh, oblivion basically right. you know <laughs> at one with with the game and yes. uh i thought that that um that story really it's it's i mean there's no story there but right. there's it's just a beautiful piece of art right 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 and some of these figures are preceded in ganges one as whatever Wendy's working on, like she seems to have drawn something and then it's made into a, yeah, so, she's working on a computer game and, right. and, uh, uh, that he starts, he, uh, I think the framework of this uh, story is that mm. he's up late. He can't sleep. So he goes and turns on her video game and right. gets stuck playing that for, for the night. Right. So. And then it goes on whatever crazy trip. I mean, yeah. this is a overused comparison, but it reminds me of, um, Coltrane in, um, you know my favorite things and how you know oh, yeah. at first it's just like do 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 and then you know yeah, yeah 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 it's all about going nuts with it you know and i yeah. feel like this video game framework and 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 like you were saying there's a way that it's a reflection of our minds in the eighth hour of playing some ridiculous thing and what am i doing here which right, is yeah, yeah. like i don't know nba live Right, right, right. Seven or something like that. Where I'm at four in the morning, got to work the next day. Yeah, and it's almost like, yeah, exactly, yeah, because I, I I can do it. You know, we're gonna, (laughs) we're gonna uh, make it to the championship. But there's this weird existence in this very, um, you know, whatever surreal scene that absolutely like has, yeah, your mind it takes it to crazy places. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, yeah, as being a, having those moments where I, you know, just became one with, you know, this piece of fluff entertainment, (laughs) you know, it's like almost like the best and worst experience. And like these 
horrific figures that are being made by uh, uh, Heisinger. Right. And it really shows, you know, just how mm. brilliantly imaginative that he can be yeah. so yeah. early yeah. in his, in his um, career. Yeah. 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 And then it's, it's, I think really intentionally juxtaposed with that pulverized story, right. Where Glenn's working at the dot com. They're all sort of absorbed into not this game, you know, n- nothing like right. this game, but actually something that, again, we can sort of probably speaks to many of us, um, roughly people of a certain age, sure. <laughs> where, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you were far too old, but there was like this, you know, like it's, it, it was a, a kind of social experience actually that like, I didn't get to have a video game system as a kid. And there was this weird, like appetite for this notion that someone somewhere kids would get together and be able to play video games together or at the arcade, yeah, or, yeah. you know, somebody had a system. And I did that a few times with friends, but it, it always felt like this lack, this thing that actually like comics itself, like I didn't get to get all that I knew was out there when I was whatever, 12 years old. And so now right. as a 28 year old or 24 year old or whatever, I'm like, wow, we get to do like, we have an <laughs> ethernet network, you know, like we just right, get right. together and we're running around the same map. And the sort of allure of that was so, um, so like um, irresistible to again people of a certain age and a certain time that I feel like Ganges is is playing into there. Yeah, and it definitely um, he highlights you know these people that you know they work together. They really had nothing in common other right. than the fact that they work together. Right. They you know the job didn't seem particularly stressful, but yeah. you know it it kept them busy enough where they didn't really communicate during the day. But at, sure. you know at night it's when they were able to you know just kind of let loose and, yeah. and, um, form bonds, you know, right, in this right. virtual space, which right, seems right. weird. They're just one chair over, you know, they're in the same, <laughs> same room in the same yeah, cubicle away. Yeah. 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 And, and I think no small thing and, and, you know, it's whatever historically accurate that the company is going to crap, you know, <laughs> like they're right, watching yeah, that, this sort of like, you know, exactly. the solution of this, the writing thing. is on the wall, you know, the moment the, the new boss steps yeah. in like, yeah. yeah, you know, you've heard this story before, sure. but sure. again, Heising is cartooning and his, um, his, uh, deafness of touch with just what seems to highlight yeah. and what panels to show and, yeah. and yeah. bringing back a character that, that, that you just saw for one panel in the first issue, this Bob Bilson yeah. played right. such a, play such an important role in the second one again, highlights, you know, how we experience time and, right. and, and the recursive nature of time. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's just a smart idea on, on, his part to to bring back bob for that yes, for that story yeah, yeah. bob Bilson. it's so crazy yeah he's just a passing you know motorist yeah just, that it, Genji's it's really, it's hi bob hi yeah you know, hi. yeah yeah and then he he's this uh tragic figure in the company's descent <laughs> yeah it's, yeah, yeah he's the yeah. first go yeah yeah I, I mean i think you know i think that there's um ganges too you're right it's a great kind of summation it is so mundane and so much the metaphysical in the mundane that I feel like mm-hmm. is like you were saying, like the Zen of, of the experience of entering so, so completely into a, a video game or how that little bit of experience, you know, makes you like sort of conditions your whole life. Um, and, and, and I felt in it when I read it and I think I read too a little late, you know, like I read it a few years later. So it was more like in, in retrospect, but of this terrifying feeling 
notion. And, and then somewhere in here, I think he talks about regretting or not regretting, like don't live in regret, but then regret, you know, one of those things that keeps oh, yeah, yeah. of going like, wow, I threw away years of my, you know, like I was semi-conscious for the eight hours that I was at my job because I threw away years of my life um, yeah. to, to this world that now is, dis, you know, disappears. Like, um, I didn't play a ton of video games, but I, but I did. And like, yeah. I just reopened my steam account <laughs> and <laughs> like all the games are like from 10 years ago. Right. Oh yeah. And it was okay. this weird, it was like opening a yearbook and re- and all these relationships <laughs> where you're just like, Oh yeah, I spent all that time with this person. And now yeah. I don't know how they exist in me, but they do. But, but yeah. like, I haven't thought about them for 10 years, you know, it was a weird, yeah, I think doesn't steam show you like how much time he played in certain Maybe. games <laughs> and right. it's like, Oh no, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, don't show me that. Yeah, and that and that just reinforces the crazy because I was like, I barely spent any time playing Arkham Asylum, but it says nine hours. So <laughs> right, right. I, um, I don't know where those went, um, and so very much that sense of time disappearing. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's um, that to me loops back to the um, one one of the early stories, like the very first one is the time traveling one, which really I think sets a lot of these idea themes. Um, mm-hmm in motion but then right afterwards he has the one where ganges sees somebody littering and he really makes a kind of a mountain out of that molehill of somebody littering um and we've all had that moment where we just kind of <laughs> we're we're not we're not we're not really living in the moment yeah. because if we had lived in the moment you know spoiler alert but you know he he just watches the person dump the trash and right. doesn't, and then doesn't go pick up the trash. Right. He doesn't when he asks him, well, did it. you pick him up? Pick it up. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. So rather than we, we don't, we're not present in the moment. We, right. we just kind of like, we ponder all the possibilities. And and Kevin Heisinger, you yeah. know, takes that to the brilliant, furthest extreme. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. with some really wonderful panels about this like really goofy kid on a bike with his bicycle helmet, you know, this huge dork, you know, becoming like a, a ruthless dictator and like <laughs> riding an elephant into, you know, the ruins of a, a, a city, you know, just, totally. just really silly, uh, you know, uh, ways that our minds, yeah. you know, put things together. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. When really, if I had, he lived in the moment and yeah, he just, gone and picked up the trash you know yeah it wouldn't have been anything it would have just been totally totally it's it's like um i don't know like a very elastic moral imagination where we yeah very judge a person in a moment with you know and and just well where could they go and yet yeah kind of like way that your imagination spins out is exactly what's going on yeah he's just he's totally just making huge judgment calls on this kid (laughs) You know, like, oh, this kid's gonna, he's a murderer for sure, you know, or right, right, he hasn't right. done it yet, he will. And Right, right. Uh, but so been there, man. Everybody who cuts me off in traffic or like tailgates me, it's like <laughs> exactly. a, a moral abomination. <laughs> right. <laughs> man. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, what else? Where, where does that go for you? you know, where do you think Heisinger goes um, with that? Um, what are some of the ways that that, um, that lands for you? Well, certainly further on in that first issue, uh, we get to, um, I think to me is like the universal appeal of, of Ganges is that mm-hmm. you can, you can really just put yourself in him laying there next to a loved one. Mm. And, 
there's a panel that just really struck me as as being so human um, mm-hmm. and so deep. He's just he's staring straight up at the ceiling and he's mm-hmm. thinking about all these people that are doing the same thing that he is mm-hmm. staring at their loved one. What page is this? And he's, uh, let's see, I'll open it up here. He's, uh, this is maybe around 42 or, um, yeah, 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 40, 42 to. Well, yeah, but the, the page that I'm going to, um, reference is, is 44 and 45. Gotcha. Um, so at the top of page 45, he, oh, I love this. Yeah. He just says, I really wish them all the best. I hope mm. everything works out for them or out okay for them. Mm. And that just that just hit home um, as such a uh, a really human and soft, tender moment that he's not thinking about his wife mm. or him. Mm. He's thinking about all these other people that that you know are sleeping next to their loved one. Yeah, and having the same. Um, good feeling that he is and this yeah. is just before his mind starts to like again spiral kind of out of control sure, sure. in the in the way that all of ours do at, at this point in night right. is right. just hoping the best for people right and it's such a simple moment um and i felt i don't know that it was especially connective yeah. to me in the work i think we we all have that moment and i i don't you know I don't want to assume too much, but you kind of hope that everybody has that moment yeah, yeah. that they, that in their own way, that they hope it works out well for everyone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was, I thought that was really special. Yeah. And again, yeah. it, um, you know, with his very simple features, uh, Lynn Ganges is drawn, not, you know, not to be anybody in particular, almost just, mm-hmm. you know, just really blank blank eyes and a simple <laughs> nose. <laughs> I mean, pr- you know, prominent, but simple, simply drawn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could just see that that's me, you know, laying in that bed there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I love this moment. Um, I think this was one of the things, one of my favorite comics things <laughs> because it did profoundly show what it, what empathy kind of yeah. looks like you know in our in in the ways that we experience it and may practice it um the pages leading up to it like you said are just you know partner and partner in pillow mm-hmm. pillow and pillow through through what looks maybe like you know different cultures or yeah know. it's a wonderful two-page sequence where he's not only he's picturing he's he's looking at his wife and then he's picturing him and his wife yeah and then an older version of him and his wife yeah. and then like maybe like a native and then start and then, like a, yeah. well and then characters from earlier in the story even like the oh, fake yeah, characters yeah. that he made up from the beatles song that uh mm. that that he had written a story about earlier oh, yeah i didn't catch that that's who that is but yeah, yeah and then, yeah it's 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 the the husband and wife and then the daughter and her beau mm. and mm. then uh the the American, the Native Americans, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, from the song that he was listening to earlier. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then like huh. just cavemen, yeah, from earlier. You know, <laughs> right. so yeah. So <laughs> it's just a wonderfully, <laughs> yeah, to pull these these people, both real and imagined. Yeah, shows a, um, I don't know, just a 
a great sense of uh, connecting how, how our thoughts connect. Yeah. 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 And, and then uses like what comics um, can do with the sort of juxtaposition of all of these on the, on a page, right? Like you picture a movie having like these flash cuts of them, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but then they're sort of all separated by time instead right. they can be sort of side by side in this way. And then, and all of that speaks to me to that, um, circle, a weird circle of, that we could yeah, it's like a mandala of, of, yeah, of of heads on pillows. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't know if you read planetary, but it's like that, uh, that snowflake, yes. that, uh, that yeah. the multi-dimensional snowflake of just yes. humanity. So yeah. Yeah. That, that was yeah. beautifully drawn and, you know, really simple, but it's right. just a, such a deep idea. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and profound too, in that they all have this sort of like empty speech bubble, right. which of course is right. what like Wendy is always doing it's, when he's watching breathing. her sleep. Yeah. It's, it's breathing. like breathing. It's also like a sort of like, I speak, I exist, you know, yeah. I'm a person, but even if I'm not saying anything, I'm just sort of right. um, existing. Um, as somebody who in a very creepy way stares at his wife and daughter always <laughs> when they're sleeping and, 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 and my heart is filled with like this sense of like wonder that they exist as another human being. And again, like you said, so relatable that that is in the midst of all kinds of like craziness going on in my head, but suddenly yeah, yeah. I'll just be caught with a moment of, of that wonder of, of, I don't know them and through them, all of our collective humanity is, um, whew. Yeah. <laughs> tearing up, tearing up here, Johnny. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that there's, there's a, there's a way that Heisinger moves from that deep empathy to a deep anxiety and insecurity that is also really important to, to, um, Ganges. And, and, and I think, very much part of the the wandering you know like i i, I remember um well so one of the things i think i i felt about reading this collected and i realized when i was reading like i think i'd read one two and three in the past you know not when they came out but a little bit later i think i lo i missed four maybe and i had five and then you know very recently was reading six and when i was reading five and six i felt a lot of like hmm i'm this is it's been years but mm -hmm. i'm being really challenged like i think one through three the first three chapters were like we were talking about you know all these moments that were so profoundly relatable that were these things that i feel but never am, am in touch with rendered on the page and and making use of comics in this like just profound way and then i i remember reading five and six and being like i feel really removed from this until um until I came to like, I almost had to come around to going, Oh yeah, this is actually very much, this does speak to something that, and what's, what was odd about it is it, it felt like it spoke to something to me that was how I live in 2015 or 2019 and probably not 2008. You know what I mean? Like there's a yeah, little, sure. there's a way where um, Ganges is sort of night ruminations become infiltrated by this sort of like, smartphone you know in, infected life yeah that we absolutely live and, and the ted talk video and the, and the sort of like you know glut yeah. of information that's just like passing through our minds um that is very like post cell phones in our in our beds you know inundating us before we go to sleep 
yeah, you can definitely tell that this is a work that's taken many years right. and as it has evolved uh, right. with, we have. with the way right. with the way we, you know, go to bed. You yeah. Know? yeah, for sure. Yeah. And 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 what's um what's profound and, and you know, we, we wrote a little bit about this. I still feel like one to three spoke to me and speaks to me in this very sort of like core, like so, so much the insides of me. And, Mm -hmm. but I I feel like I want to read four, five, and six all over again. And I am reading it with a, a contemplation to what that is now. It just seems very prescient and, and present day. Um, because there's to me the, so, so this is long discursion into like, um, Hutton and the geological, like the sort of discovery of geology, and a big part again, a big part of the early Ganges stuff that really spoke to him was just his that that scene where I forget where it is, but he's like walking, shuffling around his house at night, just like I do. And there's all these stacks of books, and he's like, "Oh, I have so many books! I'm when am I gonna read all of these books?" Right. You know. And then he has like this almost existential crisis of like, "Oh my gosh! Like time is disappearing." Well, I doesn't. Could, do- doesn't death show up at that point? That's right. Like, exactly. He's that's like, it. Yeah, he's like, you're not going to get all these done. You might as well. Yes. You really need to make a list, buddy. Because- it's, that's so me that the Grim Reaper <laughs> right. should appear when you're contemplating the stacks of books. I mean, I literally, I'm pointing a camera at a stack of books. That's you know, <laughs> just right here. And there's this feeling for me of the Grim Reaper, you know, and the, the um, gosh, like time is disappearing like sand. Yeah. And yeah. you had all these things that you have signed up by buying it on uh, Amazon, hopefully at a bookstore. Right. <laughs> like that you have um, signed up for a world that you told yourself you're going to expose yourself to. And then, but yeah. then you will have lost yourself. Yeah. Right. It's just, uh, and I, you know, it's just those things that you think about so late at night. You're like, when you can't get to sleep and you know you should be doing something. Yeah. Your body is telling you one thing and your mind yeah. is telling you something different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're torn. And a couple of times, even in the series, he's saying, I don't want to sleep, but I know I need to. And, right. you know, um, your mind just spirals into these crazy, just, uh, just offshoots, you know, sure. death shows sure. up. You know, there's a, there's a great, uh, there's a great sequence where he's in like a hall of mirrors where other, versions yes. of him show up and it's like running into them and, and uh yeah. yeah 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 i think that's all profound but i but i th- that brings me so that to me was ganges like relating to the sort of wildness of my mind so when i get to the long hutton thing the geog you know the the geography thing mm-hmm. and and um you know in his notes he talks about the all the time and research that went into that and you that that kind of shows i'm almost like why did you go that deep into it you know, like in, like in other parts of it, you could have just alluded to this, but instead, I mean, I like that's a little snippet that we could take and put into a I don't know science comics. You know, like right, right. And, but I think that part of what he's doing is saying these aren't just random wanderings. That actually, you know, these trails that you may go down, um, they lead you somewhere, and. And I think he chose a set of them, you know, I think with the John McPhee pieces he does and this like philosopher that he makes up um, this, you know, um, anyway, there's, there's something about like, okay, I'm not just like feigning uh, interest or or inclusion of this thing. I'm actually going to go down this trail and there's a whole thing here. 
And uh, back to uh, being in Ohio, <laughs> the thing that we weren't doing when we were not at C that we were doing when we weren't at CXC is my sister-in-law <clears throat> used to do a lot of creaking when she was a kid. Just uh, I don't I didn't even know creaking was a word, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she talked about like her and her cousin just going you know hanging out for hours yeah. in a creek. And I never did that. I don't even uh, we have creeks here, I think, but I think they're like for people smoking dope I don't know <laughs> so like we had never done that my daughter had never done that and and uh and she did and that's like what she'll remember besides CXC of this little trip and then sure. you know we're walking down this creek and my sister-in-law is pointing out the like shale that is mm -hmm. you know just right in front of you that sort of geologic time and the sort of like impossible to contemplate millions of years represented by these like layers of rock and when you walk through it as as just like a Sunday afternoon or something like that, to think about you walking through it next to this notion of geologic time that is inconceivable and that this sort of account of Hutton makes right. into like a, a, a kind of vivid life. Um, it to me was Heisinger saying, I'm going down this, this path really intentionally. This is something that Ganges is reading and thinking about and that it's not just insubstantial. It's not just like um, the crazy wandering. There's actually right. something here that we need to um, uh, unearth to make sense of our own existence, to place ourselves in, in a kind of proportion. Um, and that reminds me to me, like I'm wandering, my mind is wandering at night. And I, you know, looking back, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? About? But like, <laughs> but I, when I'm in it, I'm like, this is really important. You know, like I really yeah, need to keep absolutely. going down this. Um, yeah, sorry, that, I went super long. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that. You make a great point. That those, while there, it feels like they're not just formal exercises. You know, yeah. he's definitely like playing with his cartooning style and what he's yeah. doing in those panels. Yeah, he's yeah. really long um, or the large uh, panels of yeah. Uh, you know, illustrating geological time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's he's. He's pointing to us saying, you know, why we may be blocking out our two minutes. Right. Like, yes. Let's, let's blow, let's blow that up and blow yeah. that out and yeah. see just, you know, how uh, inconsequential, <laughs> you know, some of these, <laughs> you, you, these little blocks of time may be. Yeah. 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 I like that because yeah, exactly in those same issues, right? Five and six. Yeah. Yeah. Chapters. He's doing this two minute thing. And it, is it that, he saw like a TED talk or this is like a sleep technique where you force yourself over the two minutes to, I don't know. I don't know if it's a sleep technique. He was mm -hmm. using it as a sleep technique. Right, right. But right, I think right. it was more of like a productivity technique. Like his Got it. wife had, had brought him, like wanted him to go to this TED talk. That's right. That's right. And because she wanted him to be more productive, right, right, work, which makes minutes, sense because break twenty minutes, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Throughout the job, further out the series, other than referring to an old job, it, he doesn't work. It right. feels <laughs> he, he doesn't have a job or anything. As far right, as right, right. So yeah, so he's doing these, you know, this silly kind of TED talk about productivity, mm. um, and it, uh, you know, just we should block out two minutes of time and think right. of what we can get done. And really all that does when you're in the middle of the night is like, you're just two minute intervals of like blowing <laughs> what little time you have left yeah. on nothing of thinking about the two minutes. Essentially. Yeah. 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 I mean, it seems to be a way in which 
so his job that he's helping Wendy with is like drawing this, this, mm-hmm. this really like, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like tiresome task of just drawing these lines. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah. There's this one time moment where she has him draw them to a, a you know smaller and larger to make this 3D effect, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this, almost this way of like, you have this really mundane, meaningless task where everything is the sameness. And wow, you discover this way to order what is impossible, what is too large and vast and chaotic to actually order and, and, and to make some sense of it. And all of a sudden he's seeing those kind of, you know, three lines everywhere in like the cubicle wall or something like that. Um, but that to me is, is a lot of um, like, you hear a TED talk and you're like, wow, I can manage, I can eke out some little control over this, you know, in, in, right. uncontrollable reality of our existence. I just like, oh, two minutes, and I'm just gonna bam, like get through it <laughs> and finish these things. And um, and the book shows how um, unruly, you know, time and our own consciousnesses are. Yeah, I was actually watching a TED talk, uh, preparing for this, uh, you know, our talk together. Oh yeah, and it was this really. Uh, it was an artist, and she was talking about she was a, she did art installations called personal planetariums. Okay, and it, and it dealt with like uh, the spatial. Um, uh, relationship between time and memories. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. oh, that's just so on point with uh, with what we're talking about here today because I believe that's what Heisinger is doing yeah. in a way. And some of these, like especially the more abstract pieces, like The Wanderer. Yeah, where he's just like setting up all these like moments in time yeah, and just yeah. holding them up to the light and you know experiencing them out of order, yeah. slower and faster. Yeah, just really yeah. wild. Uh, experimentations it's just great to great to see that's awesome that's awesome uh i got one i got one more big thing i don't know if you have other things and feel free to but so (laughs) so we met kevin heisinger he was utterly delightful as a human being yeah um he writes in the author in in every one of these author what do you call them bios that he sleeps really well at night (laughs) <laughs> and I, I feel like he says that a lot that's what i'm you know i'm learning because yeah, yeah. like all of us you know also crazy insomniacs are probably like thank you for writing this book this is totally <laughs> me like do you all you must also be up at 2 a.m and so i i don't know if is 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 he lying is that a is that a joke is he like pulling our legs or actually it, like what i wonder is if part of this book is like is that and i felt this you read it and you're like, oh yeah. And then I actually sleep really well afterwards. <laughs> you know, like it, does, does Heisinger like kind of get it out in his cartooning and then it's almost, uh, you know, therapeutic for him. And then he's like, oh, okay, I go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I don't know that he's like a sufferer of insomnia, but I definitely think that, that uh, while I do see, I think I feel like I see more of Wendy in him, mm, mm, in our talks. Mm, I mm. definitely think that like his curious nature yeah. And his uh, obsessive nature kind of comes yeah. out in Glenn for yeah. sure. Right. And I definitely think that that's, you know, I don't know how you could, you know, survive being an insomniac for too long, you know, right. without. You, you can't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I definitely think that this is his way, at least initially, mm. it was his way of getting it out all on the page and, and mm. ex- exercising those demons. Mm. Whereas I think in the later issues, where it becomes a little more episodic Mm -hmm. and uh, and except for the, you know, the longer pieces with uh, Hutton, 
Yeah. I think those are just how he wanted to explore mm. uh, how we perceive time, mm. really. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I've had a little bit of that thought, but I, I think it really kind of came together as you were talking that, you know, Glenn and Wendy are both, I mean, we're, we're presuming a lot here. Glenn and Wendy are both maybe Heisenka, right? Or at least no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and Glenn and Wendy are both. All, they're two sides, yeah. The the yeah, coin. I think yeah. I think yeah, every character of any artists, there's some of them in them, right? You know, for sure, right? So yeah, but I I yeah, I think yeah, Wendy's, you know, her uh, frustration with with things, uh, her her really no, she's very practical, and I yeah, I kind of got that with with Heisinga. Yeah. in his um in the the panel that we went to he seems like a really he thinks really practically about yeah. a lot of things he doesn't while he is being philosophical i don't yeah i don't think he, he it's a it's got a he's got a very midwestern sensibility is the way sure sure uh, yeah you know very very practical yeah i i guess one of the things i think is that um i i, I identified so much with ganges looking at with glenn looking at wendy and how she's like you know got the empty word balloon she's right, sleeping right. soundly right and um you see the other as somehow so like asleep really it's like getting well rested on top of their game doing stuff that's totally me and elaine like i'm like i my mind is on fire i love that um <laughs> Isaac drew this you know ganji's head on fire like that's me right and i'm yeah, looking yeah. at this very composed individual who like goes to bed when she should wakes up when she should and um and like has got things figured out and mostly I'm just scared that I'm not letting her down. <laughs> like she's not mad at me. Like that's my experience. But, but then I've, we've had these moments sometimes where um, like I wake up all in the middle of the night and she's awake and you know, it's probably some health thing or whatever. It just makes me think like maybe Glenn is not, Glenn and Wendy is not so much Glenn and Wendy as that's how Glenn perceives it. And I wonder if you saw the whole thing through Wendy's eyes, it would be Wendy's wanderings, Wendy seeing Glenn, asleep and snoring you know um the the extent to which we we are all like wendy is the the other that is so close to ourself that we sort of right. project onto them a kind of completeness that um that is the contract that is the foil to our own yeah. disarray you know um i think i think that at least in my experience that tends to be, <laughs> that tends to be true and i in, in elaine's own head in my wife's own head that i'm the wendy and she is the glenn you know? <laughs> well that's what's great about glenn is you know i think we can all fit ourselves into glenn's shoes at some point for you sure. know yeah, yeah for sure yeah yeah just wish i could fit into um those skinny jeans that he is <laughs> <laughs> for sure uh it's so fun to talk to you about River at Night. I I don't know. I don't know. How you feel. I love this book. This is so yeah, good. I think it's um, I think it's certainly one of the best. Uh, yeah, it's probably one of the best collections I've ever read. Yeah. Uh, there there are issues in here that just really hit home. Um, and as far as if you like reading comics and want to be challenged by them as well as entertained. Yeah. I mean, we haven't, we haven't spoken too much about, I mean, we did mention like Grim Reaper shows up. The book yeah. is incredibly funny. It While, is so you know, funny, right? <laughs> it, it sounds like it'd be dry maybe. Yeah. 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 But it, yeah. 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 But Heisinger just has a way with, you know, just 
just Witty. brilliant moments of comedy yeah, and yeah. not not mean spirited in any way. Right, it's just right. fun cartooning. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was, it was a joy to really dive back in. It had been years uh, since I'd read the first couple issues. In fact, the first issue I didn't even really remember. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was something new. Yeah. Because it, the, like one of the first things he says, he picked, he's like, oh, I can't believe they voted that guy as president. I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> what are they That's talking right. about? That's no, they right. were talking about 2004 president. Right. So. Right. Right. Bush, right. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, I Heisinger. So, you know, I have this rough. It's not formalized, but like rough list of like, I don't know, the ten or the twenty-five creators that I just like most most speak to me. You know, and Heisinger always falls off the list, and then you know something new comes out. I'm like, oh dang it! Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me, yeah, let me find, yeah. I have to make room because this just um, really does. He has a way of reminding me. Yeah. You know that. Oh yeah, no, he's. He's, his game is is second to none. I mean, he's he's really sharp. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and it was really fun to talk to you, Johnny. I don't know something. This is a perfect um, something match for yeah yeah. For I, us to, I, to... I definitely thought it was uh, it it uh, fed into both of our sensibilities. I think we're both very Glenn like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we like yeah. we like sitting with our big ideas for sure sure, sure. probably yeah. how how we found each other yeah um, so Please. fantastic to talk to you and really fun to talk about the river at night and uh if if you all have listened this far you you've probably picked up the book otherwise you've turned off this podcast <laughs> anybody out there is listening but uh johnny if people want to um find you do you want them to find you or do you not want them <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can. I mean, I yeah. I no. It, I'm out there. You can You're find out me. there. You can. Yeah. Uh, if you are on my Twitter, look for look for anything that I tweet. It's probably a retweet of something Johnny tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> um, really fun talking to you. Thank you so much, Johnny. Well, Paul, I'm so glad to have you back in the the podcast space. Hey. Uh, your voice has been missed. So thanks. Uh, keep swinging. So I really appreciate, appreciate the having you in my ears once hey, every couple. And help me keep, keep me swinging, you know, do this again with me. Okay. All right. Right on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>